in this episode, we do a game review of Bunny Kingdom. And later, find out the latest of the upcoming OrcaCon convention when we sit down with the executive director, Donna Pryor. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Stupid, mindless, bad. There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our best. Lot that, that's, 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 our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast, featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Games and Gizmos. Games and Gizmos is your friendly local game store with a great selection and a welcoming community. Come to Games and Gizmos in Kirkland, Washington. Now back to the show. Hey, geeks. Welcome to Geeks of Cascadia. It is episode 19. I'm your host, Blue Samurai, and with me is... The Costasaurus. Minus Paul. Yeah, Paul had to get some surgery, so we're hoping he gets better soon. Yes, he'll be a little late, but welcome to the podcast. Of course, Geeks of Cascadia is your podcast, Tabletop Games, developer reviews, industry news, conventions, game reviews, RPGs, board games, and card games, and more. And whatever the sign says, that is up in front of me. (laughs) Not to mention just uh, any just nerdy news, nerdy talk that we like to talk about. In general, right. so uh, what's uh, been right. some new nerdy thing that you've been part of? I know you've been super busy. I, I have been super busy, and I think this is uh, one point where I'd like to let the listeners know that we have neglected you. It's just that at this part of the year, we don't have a lot of content because usually we collect our content at the cons. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't had we we blew through a lot of the stuff that we built up. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping at OrcaCon, which is coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And we'll build up some more um, more content. In fact, we do have some game reviews coming up. Uh, Terraforming Mars, I believe. Such a good game, yeah. And also, we've got, I don't want to mention it too much because it's a little bit of a secret, but we got a major game developer, uh, someone that most of our listeners will know, but i got to keep it to myself. It's secret. Mm, secret. Oh, yeah, secret. But what do we got in con news? So pretty much in con news, all we got is OrcaCon coming up, and that's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. So yep. that will be January 12th through the 14th, and that's going to be at the Hilton in Bellevue. So, <clears throat> excuse me, if this is your first time listening to this podcast and, and are thinking to yourself, I was pretty sure that the con was in Everett, Washington, in Snohomish County. Nope. You were right that it was. It however, was. Mm-hmm. However, um, the renovations in the hotel... Uh, we got word that they were not going to be done in time for our con, and so that hotel went out and found us something comparable, and the Hilton in Bellevue was has been amazing to work with and really accommodated us in every way. A lot more room. So with that, we have a lot more room. Uh, we have some really cool things that we're hoping to make work there that are going to be on top of what we're going to be normally having with the gaming and the panels and, and all of that. So again, that'll be January 12th through the 14th. Uh, the reason I say Martin Luther King Jr. Weekend is because uh, usually people with government jobs or just some jobs in general, they'll, they'll have that Monday off, the 15th. Mm-hmm. So if you have that off, then you know that you can just burn yourself out all weekend on gaming and have a rest day. 
Everyone loves a rest day. Joe. Yep. Everyone loves a rest day. And I'm on OrcaCon right now on the website, and I see that there's a lot of there's games already up. There's the, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Car Wars 3D tournament qualifier. Uh, Greg Pratt always runs that. Hey, we should do another interview with Greg Pratt. Might as well, right? I love Greg Pratt. Yeah, we that'd be great. definitely do that. Good we guy. D&D Adventures League, I see, is up. we got Blue Rose. Of course, the Magic Gathering. Uh, there's a pre-release that's going on that very same week- weekend. Um, and, of course, you're going to have our, our, our game merchants that will be there as well. So it's a fun-filled... Uh, three days of just pure tabletop gaming fun. So mm-hmm. hope you'll go there. And of course, today on episode 19, we'll be speaking to Donna Pryor. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so she'll give you uh, some insights of what's going to happen at, at the con. And we have a game review of Bunny Kingdom. Joe, do you know anything about Bunny Kingdom? I don't, except that the cover looks mad cute. That's all I know. I know. What? What? Was there not the love? Bunnies who are creating an empire. Yeah, it kind right. of fell under the radar for me, but yeah, that sounds really awesome. And uh, we're looking, I'm looking forward to that review. I have not heard it yet, so we'll be hearing it here. Joe, what, what else has been going on with you? Wow, well, me having a government job has been very busy trying to just squeeze things in with assessments and everything before a holiday. Um, gosh, just busy. We're well, what what? What about movies? You uh, watched uh, Thor Ragnarok? I've watched Thor oh Ragnarok gosh. and I watched Justice League. I've heard great, 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 great things about Thor Ragnarok from so many different um, so many different nerds out there. People who maybe aren't normally into Thor, but they went, you know, maybe they were dragged along with someone else and walked out being like, wow, I need to watch the other movies. I mean, just loved it. Um, and you're a DC freak and you didn't go to I'm Justice League. I'm not a DC League. freak. I like Batman. You like Batman? Well, That's he was kind in of Justice it. League, and I saw that movie. But I too. don't, I don't like Ben Affleck as Batman at all. Oh wow! You don't so, like you don't like Batfleck, huh? No, I think he's horrible. Wow! Uh, wow. Uh, okay. Christian, I think Christian Bale kind mm-hmm. of kind of ruined me on that. Um, so no, I don't. I don't think. Um, I think he's a good actor in some things, not as Batman. I don't think he can be Batman and Bruce Wayne. I yeah. But so don't you think it's he's kind of playing the the more of the older more experienced Batman because that's basically what he's doing he's playing because it's supposed to be 20 years later he's been Batman for about 20 years at this point I think he's trying to but I don't (laughs) think he's doing a good job of it and I mean that's just from me reading the um, you know excuse me Mm -hmm. uh, Return of the Dark Knight which is his costume is based on Mm -hmm. and I heard there's some stuff with that and you know Batman versus Superman just I mean I just feel like DC's not been doing great with the exception Mm -hmm. of Wonder Woman which was astounding um, and they just did some weird stuff for Justice League. Like, um, they changed all the uniforms of the Amazons in Justice League to make them more sexier. Oh, I didn't know which that. Which kind of okay. didn't make any sense because the way they were in um, uh-huh. Amazon in uh, Wonder Woman was, uh-huh. I mean, I mean, it showed some skin, but it was, sure. it sure. made sense for so, you know swordplay and things like that. But in the new I, one, they changed that you up. No, know, I didn't even notice. I saw the movie. I will say this about the movie. It is way better than uh, Batman v Superman, but then again, anything is better than yeah. Batman v Superman. Uh, the new Justice League has not been getting very good reviews. No. And, uh, 42%, I think, on Ron. People that I've been hearing from said it wasn't very good. I mean, it just too much going on is what it sounds like. Um, I And I was really hoping for it because... Um, and, and, you know, the thing was with... Batman versus Superman, or as my wife calls it, Wonder Woman the prequel, 
because uh, she only watch she will only watch the Wonder Woman scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know that I, I feel like had a lot of similar complaints mm-hmm. as I've heard with Justice League. Just yeah. Well, I love Thor Ragnarok. It, of course, I'm a Marvel guy. It was fun. It was adventurous. I, I I highly recommend it. And also, just to the listeners out there, that if you love these comic book movies, both Justice League and Thor Ragnarok, you want to sit through the entire uh, credits because there's something special at the end. But Joe, we've been talking way too much about uh, <laughs> movies. Um, I do want to mention something. Uh, maybe maybe we can do our own review of it, but Xanthar's Guide to Everything came out for D&D 5th Edition, and I am very excited about it. I ordered it. It will get to me later, because that comes on the 21st, but it's in your game stores right now, as we speak. I took a peek, though, at the Samurai, and they made changes. I'm not happy about it. Oh, very unhappy. Oh, sorry. It's yeah, it's D&D night. However, um, our DM, Steve, said that it's okay, you can keep the original Unearthed Arcana rules. So I'm a little upset about what they did, but overall I, I'm still excited about getting the new new book coming yeah, out. Yeah, it's still exciting. Yeah, for sure. still More exciting. content, yeah. So with that, um, so Joe, what do you think we should do first? Do you think we should play Donna's interview, or do you think we should do the game review? I think we should do the game review, and then we'll end on awesome stuff that Donna has to say. That's a great idea. Let's do it. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now, back to our show. Hey everyone, welcome to another Geeks Tabletop Game Review. I'm Doug. And I'm Kelly. How's it going, Kelly? I'm doing wonderful. It's cold. It's it snowed. is cold. It's snowed. It snowed yesterday. That is great. Here in Lake Stevens, yeah. It's- Snowed on Wednesday. It, I didn't notice it here. It wasn't here. It was, anyway. In Monroe, where <laughs> you live. All right. Today we're reviewing Bunny Kingdom. Uh, this one's brought to us uh, by Richard Garfield. You may know him as the guy that invented, created Magic the Gathering. And invented. Yeah, it's, it's, it's lasted, so. Designed. Yeah. Oh, whatever. He also uh, developed Android Network. Netrunner. King of Tokyo. King of Tokyo is another one. He's got a, a when his few Magic other. isn't his only name, but it's yes. probably his biggest. Yeah. That and Netrunner. Those his his famous card games. Yes. Uh, it's got artwork from uh, Paul Maffion, if I think I pronounced that right. He's done other artwork for other games, such as Arena for the Gods, Welcome to the Dungeon, yeah. uh, Looney Quest, which is a, a pretty good kids game. It's a little memory game. Or you reveal a square. It's a it's a quick and easy Looney Labs game. Oh, it's not Looney Labs. Oh, it's not Looney Labs. No, it is nothing it's to deal with Looney Labs. Labs. <laughs> it's just, yeah, they it, stole their name. There's there's no e on it. Oh. It's uh you have you reveal this board and you need to draw a path on it, and so you have oh. a whiteboard that you draw a path on and then you lay it over to see if you drew the path right. That's what the girls were playing on Sunday. Could have been. I okay. wasn't here. But yeah, that's it's a it's a great game. Anyway. And uh, this was published by Yellow Games. Yellow has a lot of other good games out. They're an upcoming company. They're they're picking up a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. I forget what we did before for them, but they they did Arena for the Gods, Welcome to the Dungeon. So they've got big games as well as small games, and this one's definitely one of those big games. Yes. So Bunny Kingdom is uh, card drafting as its core mechanic uh, that uses the cards that you draft. For area control, we've got these different territory cards out here. 
that whenever you draft and play them, you gain control of that territory, placing one of your little bunny miniatures on that space. Various different territories allow you to have um, different resources uh, or cities, uh, towers. Uh, they're all important when it comes to how you get your wealth back to the Bunny King. Yes, definitely. Uh, the the wealth and the strength of your fiefs, as they are called. And I love this little this little tagline on the box. Expand your fief by just a hair. It is... Oh, the puns. One of those great puns. There are so many puns in this game. I it is so good. Almost all of the cards have some sort of bunny pun on them. I mean, the artwork just involves a bunch of bunnies anyway. But the the parchment cards. Mm-hmm. There, there's a it's a banshee, so you get points based on all of your empty your cities. It's called a it's a bunshee. It's a bunshee. Yeah. It, there's Pan Pan the Barbarian. <laughs> Lots of other great ones like that. Oh, they're all good. So, set up the game. Uh, we got this nice, somewhat decent-sized board. I was surprised how kind of small it was when I first opened the box. Well, it doesn't need to be any bigger. No, because, I mean, the minis are small and the the towers are small. Uh, but you set it out. You have predetermined spaces for some starting cities uh, that are already out in this kingdom that you're or in this territory that you're trying to conquer for the Bunny King. Easy to claim tra- uh, strength. Yeah. And everyone's going to get dealt a different number of cards. For two to four players, everyone gets ten cards. And for three players, it's twelve cards each. English. English? <laughs> everyone's going to get de- dealt different amounts of cards. Everyone's going to get de- dealt <laughs> Card. ten cards if you're playing two and four players. Twelve cards if you're playing three players. I did mess that up. I realize that now. <laughs> and there's different rules for two players, but we're not going to get into that right now. So the round is drafted. Yeah, so you pick a card from, or pick two cards, actually, from the cards in your hand. Uh, and they could be a parchment, which is an end of game. Uh, it's a hidden objective uh, drafted just for you. Uh, or it could be a card that gives you control of an area. You kind of buy the land, and that it's now yours to farm. Uh, or it could be towers to build later, uh, hidden, or sorry, not hidden. Farms. Resource farms. Yeah. Like my, like building a mine uh, or finding a pond in to the middle of the forest instead yeah. of going to the, the coast to do so. So once we've drafted our two cards, we okay. will play Take both of them. Yep. Mm, bye. Start that line over again. So once we pick our two cards, we will play both of them. Like immediately. Your, immediately, yes. Or reveal them. They get revealed immediately. Yes. Uh, if you claim territory, you immediately claim territory. Uh, if you have something else to build, it gets set aside to for the end of the drafting round. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have parchments, they get re- they remain hidden. And we got these nice little provision cards. They let you gain additional cards uh, from the top of the deck. So they're drawn blindly, but you get to play both of them. So it could be good, it could be bad, depending on when in the game you play them and what your strategy is at that point. Yes. Uh, I think I had a few uses of this card that only like one or two of them Early game, uh, it's helped, very er, very, very helpful. Yeah. Early game. Um, late game, it's pretty risky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the way I was playing the game. And then there's camps. Yeah, camps are, are a type of building. Uh, they give you temporary ownership of a territory on the board. I say temporary because you'll place your camp there with one of your bunnies, 
And if somehow later in the game that uh, space is drafted, that territory card for that space is drafted, that player takes over control of that space, which could possibly screw you out of more points for later in the round. Like we started calling them squatters. You don't yeah. own the land yet, so but you're nobody else does either, so you're just kind of using the resources next to you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a great way to think of it. So yeah, once we play all of our cards and once we finish drafting all of either the ten or twelve cards, uh, we go to the construction phase where we'll place out the buildings that we've drafted earlier uh, in the turn. And this is where strength becomes important. The buildings you play have a certain number of towers attached to them. And it's the number of towers in the fief times the number of resources. So if you have a bunny that's sitting on a resource with no towers, it's a zero times one, which is no points, even though you're producing the resources. Uh, Just like if you have a guy sitting in a city and no resources producing there, it's still the one times zero, which is no points. So you're trying to connect your resources to your towers. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like you are saying, there's different camps. Now, you have to place these buildings on territories that you control, and you can't ever have more than one building on each territory. Yeah. Which is... Uh, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Which means you can't have a gem mine and a tower fortress in the same square. Which, as awesome as that would be, because that's, po- that's three points times any other resources you have in the region. Mm-hmm. There's also Sky Towers, which I didn't pull the cards out for uh, those right now. Uh, But they allow you to magically connect two different fiefs on the board together from different spaces. So you have these two little building markers that look like any of the other buildings. It's Zeppelins. Pretty sure they're Zeppelins. Uh, Sky Tower, Zeppelins, I think of it like just like a magic portal that you can hop in between. Whatever you want to call it. There's zeppelins on the pictures, Doug. There could be zeppelins on the pictures. There could be magic portals <laughs> in the tower. We don't know. We don't live in this world. It's make-believe. I want to believe that there's magic portals connecting my two kingdoms. Okay, Doug. Anyway. Yeah. They there's let zeppelin you, towers. Yeah, zeppelin towers, <laughs> magic portals, whatever you want to call them. They allow you to connect two of your fiefs together... Uh, to hopefully share strength and share wealth. So if you have up in the corner, you just have fish and wood and possibly some other minor... uh, And no towers. Yeah, and no towers. You can possibly connect those to your larger growing fief on another part of the board. Like your mountain kingdom where you've got all the extra resources because you found a gem mine or whatever. That allows you to increase the wealth for that kingdom and possibly the strength for that kingdom to get you a higher multiplier during the harvest phase. Which is one strategy. Which is one strategy in this game, as we saw the other day uh, during that game. Uh, Then we get to the harvest phase after everyone has decided to build or not build. You're never required to build any of your buildings. Yeah, you can hold on to the buildings until later in the game. You don't have to build them the first time you get them around. Yeah, there are some that require certain spaces to be built on, and maybe you don't have those yet. Yeah. Who knows? So, during the harvest phase, you'll, for each of your fiefs, you'll calculate its strength, so the number of towers in all of its cities, uh, and you'll multiply that times the wealth of that fief, which is the different number of resources. Different... The, kinds of resources. The number of different resources. Yes, getting my English correct on this one. The well, no, number. It's, it's definitely a sticking point. The, the few people I've tried to teach this to since it's come out, 
it, it's been a sticking point in their head. A couple of them like, I'm going to get all of the carrots. Okay, that's only one resource. That's only one multiplier. We're going for quantity here, Dot. We're going for... Quality. No, not quality. No, that's not right. No. I was going to try and make just, it fit. Yeah, no, it's, it's just... <laughs> For every different resource you have, you multiply it times uh, your tower strength. Oh, you're going wide, not deep. We don't care how many carrots you produce. We care how many it's, different kinds of resources. Yeah, it's wide, not tall. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we'll do the harvest for each of our fiefs. We'll gain golden carrots as uh, victory points, which is, I think, pretty great for this. It fits with the theme of its bunnies. We want these golden carrots because oh, yeah. we love carrots. Of course. We get paid. Yeah. Anyway. Then we'll play three more rounds, uh, and after the fourth round, we will score all of uh, your drafted parchment cards, uh, continuing... After you count the board. Yeah, after you count the board again. You count the board one more time. Each round, it's draft phase, then construction phase, and harvest phase. Yeah. Just the final round is uh, everybody reveals their parchments, and you start counting up, for example, how many fish you produce... And then it matters how deep you go, not how wide you went. Yeah. There's there's a lot of different things you can get with parchment cards. This one's gain three points for each territory you control on the corner of the board. That could be 12 points, and that could be the difference between first and second. Because there's one like the opportunities. Opportunist. It's like if you come in second, get an extra 10 points. That what? One, that was pretty good. There's <laughs> some for uh, the Fisher King. If you have seven fish, you get There's 20. three levels for each of those. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a fisher, master fisher, and then the fisher king. And there's mm-hmm. one of those for each resource. Which is pretty nice. There's some for each of the exotic uh, resources that you get. There's the bunchy that we talked about. Yeah. There's also just um, treasures. Treasures, yeah. Like, you have the royal carrot, or... Uh, the rings or the, a golden glove. There's two gloves, which a if right you glove have and a left and glove. a left glove, yeah. If you have both, they're worth more points. So something to work, something to look out for. But it changes your strategy based on what you end up drafting within the first couple rounds, uh, versus what you want to draft later on because of what you've already developed. There's a little bit of thinking to go along with that as you're looking at drafting a territory that could get you. More points now, possibly, uh, versus a parchment card that could get you more points in the end. Like uh, Pan Pan the Barbarian, uh, he was pretty good for me. We've scored him. Uh, you got him pretty early in the times. game, though, didn't you? I got him pretty early. I got uh, that guy that I won't try and pronounce his name. Uh, <laughs> it gives the, you a, a carrot for each fee you control. The Braveheart Bunny. Yeah, the Braveheart Bunny. We'll just call him that. But getting those pretty early, it's like it's one point for each fee you control. You have no wish to connect any of your bunnies at all. Uh, versus I didn't get any of those. I was getting the ones that were giving me points based on the things I produced. So I was simply trying to produce things mm-hmm. and trying to connect my stuff Yeah. so I could get more points. So, yeah, there's definitely two main strategies to it. There's the resource uh, producing that you can do with your in your fiefs, as well as getting those parchment cards that go with those resources. Yes. There's just doing straight uh, strength and resource uh, growth on the board. 
And then there's just playing the parchment cards, which I think I did that pretty well that last game. Wait, and then there was my dad the other time who just sat there and collecting treasures. Oh and my gosh, getting, yeah. And then doubled his treasure trove. He doubled the treasures, he got three points for each treasure, and he ended up with like 30 extra points just from those like four or five cards that he had, so. And put him within striking distance. Oh, I think that, he came in second or something. No, he won. He won he by like 15 points, yeah. It was a it was a pretty good game. It completely blew us both out of the water because we were we were ahead going into it, and he just shot up from last to yeah. pass us. So that's one of the things I like about it. You don't really know who's winning going into the last game. Yeah, there's not one strategy to win. No, and it's not control all the carrots. <laughs> no sheep, control definitely. all the sheep. Uh, I hate that strategy in Catan. <laughs> right. Least favorite, most most effective. Yeah. Anyway, but it's 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 not just to control all the carrots or build the biggest kingdom. You got to adapt your strategy to what you're given, really. Just like drafting magic. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess I'm getting shut out of blue. I might as well black draft black. Mm-hmm. So, pros and cons. What do you like about this? What don't you like about it? Um, I definitely like the replayability. I can play this with the same group of people over and over again and be just fine. Um, I do kind of wish there was two different boards, which unfortunately means two different sets of cards. Not necessarily. Or a different style to the cards, because the, the, car, the cards that you draft, it says E1, and then it says that it's wood. Yeah, that would make sense. So either you need an entirely new set of cards and a new set of board... I just that one more step. I've been playing too much Clank lately. I'm pretty. Sure, I think I'm spoiled. <laughs> Probably a little bit. <laughs> just yeah, a little bit spoiled. I didn't, I didn't uh, figure that out when thinking about the double sided board. You would need uh, definitely matching cards for it. Uh, but definitely, there could be an expansion with different parchment cards Absolutely. that you could switch in and out as you want to play things like that. Uh, or different types of farms. New resources. New resources, but that doesn't really change anything, I don't think. Just adding a few more resources to the deck. Because you don't play with all the cards every game. No, you'll have about. We'll change which cards so you play with. Mm hmm. And it'll become less of a I have to draft this card to a it'd be nice if I draft this card mm-hmm. kind of mechanic. But overall, I like it. It came out uh, mid, I think, end of September, early October. It can't be more than a month. Yeah. Um, we didn't get any on initial launch, but I wanted to. But <laughs> I'm kind of glad we got it now. It is It is a pretty good game. It is definitely one of Richard Garfield's more recent hits. Absolutely. Which, uh, yeah. I mean, we play Magic enough to, to like his stuff. This game is definitely a hit. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything more else to say about it. We can sit here and talk about how good of a game it is for two minutes. Yeah, we could. Uh, <laughs> what do you like about it, Doug? Artwork is nice. That's like one of the first things I look at. Kind of a snob that way. I mean, it's kind of getting to the point where you can start judging games by their covers. Yeah, which... Gone are the days where Some, you know your games are going to have sometimes that doesn't. bad artwork because it's made in someone's basement. Yeah. Uh, I think the age is just right. 
Uh, it's 14 plus, which yeah. we didn't go over with in the beginning. That's okay. It's 14 plus. I would maybe do 12 or 13. I don't know. If they're already in a family that plays already, games. Yeah, if they're already in a family that plays games, definitely 12, 13 is no problem. Uh, the play time is just about right. It's like 45 minutes. It is accurate. It is definitely accurate. Uh, and I like the scoring. Uh, I know I talked about it uh, the first time I played it. All three of us ended within one point of each other. And it was the order that we did scoring. It's I ended up ahead. The guy after me ended up one point ahead of me. And the guy after him ended up one point ahead of him. So it was a pretty close game. Yeah. Even for the first time. So I do like you score at the end of each round. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Just to see how how well your fief is growing, your fiefs are growing, and how well you're doing on the board. On the board, at least. I mean, yeah, yeah it doesn't show <laughs> hidden agendas, but it's still a good, you need to fix this because this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it allows you to check your strategy. Definitely, yeah. Seeing if you can possibly stave off getting new territories and maybe go for some parchment cards that could get you points. Other than that, uh, thanks for listening in. This has been Doug and Kelly here at Games Plus in Lake Stevens. Uh, if you have any recommendations for us for game reviews, shoot us a line. You can email us at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook at the Geeks of Cascadia page or on our Games Plus page. We check both most of the time. That's thanks. Steve's job. Steve's job to, to tell us to do it. Oh, well. <laughs> thanks, guys. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. So that's cool to hear about Bunny Kingdom. Not only is it cute art, but may have some interesting gameplay mechanics if that's the type of mechanics that you like. And it has bunnies. And a kingdom, or kingdoms. And who doesn't like that? Who doesn't like that? Plus, honestly, I mean, they do a great job with reviewing games for us, and it's always cool, because I feel like you get their honest opinion, which is what I like. We don't want a bunch of stuff like, oh, if the creator's listening to this, we love everything you do. Like, if they don't like it, Mm -hmm. then they'll say it. And I like the, that's, all I listen to are the honest opinions, so I appreciate that. And I love the fact that they talk about the artist, the developer, they go into the mechanics of the game. They do a really good job. And in fact, um, listeners, if you want them to review a game that you like, or maybe a game that you developed, you can email us at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com, or send us a message on our Facebook page, Geeks of Cascadia. We also have a Twitter, at Geeks of Cascadia. So send us uh, your suggestions for game reviews, and Doug and Kelly would be more than happy to do it. Mm -hmm. In fact, Doug and Kelly has suggested to us that we do a podcast of the game where we like to... Uh, get together and play a board game. I don't know if people listen to that, but I'm willing to try it out. It would have to. It would have to be something that I think is has a, a high verbal and social aspect to it. 
otherwise somebody would have to more or less be saying every little thing we're doing with the pieces otherwise people won't be able to follow Plus along. we'll have to be funny and we're not that funny. Oh gosh, we're kind funny. of funny. I'm, I'm only funny in spurts. I my, couldn't be funny for uh, 30 minutes. Can't do it. My audience is pretty low. So, I mean, if, <laughs> if they're going to be above seven years old, I don't think I'm going to make them laugh. Well, I don't know who all these 40 people are that are listening to us, but they seem to be dedicated listeners. Maybe, maybe they will laugh. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Well, anyway. Even courtesy laughs. We'll take That's them. right. We'll take the courtesy laughs. So, on to the next, um, what's the next thing? We got Donna. That's right. We do have Donna. Let's see what Donna has to say. Hey Geeks, this is Blue Samurai here, and I am here with Executive Director Donna Pryor. Donna, how's it going? Great, how are you? I am doing wonderfully well, but you are probably stressed out, right? Cause nah. No, not no, at all? No, not at all. We, um, of course, Donna is the Executive Director of Orgacon, and we this is uh, November, first week of November. Okay, maybe I'm a little stressing now. <laughs> <laughs> or you're good at faking it, anyway. <laughs> So tell me what what's going on. Um, the la- you know we reported here on Geeks of Cascadia that you know you, we had to move to uh, the Bellevue Hilton, yep. but things yep. are good. Things actually turned out okay. They are good. They are good. So uh, just I'll give you a quick status updates of everything. So for the hotel bookings, a lot of people forgot they actually booked. If you booked at the um, the Marriott in Everett, which used to be the Holiday Inn. Um, they will uh, call you soon, which is we got an update from them because they were just leaving it. They weren't going to cancel those rooms. Right. So I demanded, yes, you are going to cancel those rooms. <laughs> so everybody who hasn't already canceled it, they're going to call everybody and make sure the cancellations go through. Um, unfortunately, if you're at the Best Western, because we didn't have a room block there, we don't know if you registered or not. Right. So check your emails. Uh, call the Best Western right across the street mm-hmm. from their from the old hotel, and um, they'll be able to tell you whether or not you're registered and cancel it if you can't. And the great thing is the Bellevue Hilton is only uh, $99 a night, right? That's correct. starts at $99 for um, a queen or do- no, double queen or mm-hmm. king. It's a little bit more for the executive level. So if you wanted to stay on the executive level, which has some perks, like free breakfast. They have Ooh, a special breakfast area love up breakfast. there at the top. Yes. And so that's nice. And um, so the rooms are going fast, surprisingly enough. So get booked if you want to uh, get your room. Okay. And um, my understanding is that memberships are still on sale. Yes. So they have just Mm -hmm. gone up this month to $65 for three days for adult. Okay. For adults. So you can get your registration there. Uh, Kids, if you're, so minors, if you're under whatever age it is. It's, well, if you go to OrcaCon slash registration. Right. (laughs) Um, you'll see the exact price, but it's $44 for minors, and then kids six and under are free. Uh, any VIP uh, passes we you do, can buy? We do. We've do. we got a few VIP-level passes left. It's $250, which also comes with, you get to hang out with my mom. But, uh, yeah, so it's two for $250, and you'll get the convention shirt. Uh, there's a special limited edition dice that you get with that, so you'll right. get a set of those. And um, PCC has donated some nice bags which are going to be good because that means you can use it to go shopping. So we've got a bunch of little perks. We'll have some magic booster packs and other kind of surprises. Um, the folks at Chaosium have donated some Cthulhu coloring books and various items. So we hope that you'll like your swag bag. Oh. I did say T-shirt too, right? You did you say t-shirt. t-shirt. You did say right. T-shirt. And hang out with my mom in the VIP lounge. And that is, that's the best. It it's the worth best. the money. It is it's the worth best. the money. And despite the fact that we... 
you had this slight hiccup, right. which was stressful for everybody, including myself being a board member, probably more for you being the executive <laughs> director. It, it seems like just based upon what I'm hearing is people are definitely registering yep. and people are definitely staying at that hotel. So it looks like we have, I think we, we had our meeting. It, it appeared that we had, we're on track to have as many people as we did last time, maybe even more. Yeah, we are on track. Uh, the good thing about, you know, I mean, it's it's sad because we, you know, we would like to stay in Everett, but unfortunately we just couldn't mm-hmm. do it this year. But uh, they've been really accommodating and really helpful and friendly and everything that we've asked for, they've been able to come through with, which is fantastic. And, um, and I forgot what you asked me, but well, I'm just, just really excited. Just, I, I think it's great that even though this is this little hiccup happened. Hic- hiccup happened this year and last year. And last year. We're, the con is still growing. The con is still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had a couple people who were really sad. And I did give a couple of refunds out to some people who, uh, because of accessibility issues, can't sure. make it to Bellevue. Sure. And so, um, you know, if somebody has, you know, is, is limited to the, um, you know, the accessible bus service mm-hmm. in Everett, they can't get down to Bellevue. So, uh, so I've given a couple of refunds there. But on the good news is that people in the Bellevue and Seattle area, it's much more accessible for people to get to right. because they can get there on the bus, they can walk, they can carpool. So it, it's it's pretty accessible to everybody in the Seattle metro area. And it's uh, we have a lot more square footage. My we have understanding, a lot more square footage. Yep. Uh, and uh, people are signing up for games, my understanding? Um, sort of. Okay. So some people have noticed that we've started working on the schedule. Okay, yes. So if you, so this is how we'll know if people are actually listening. Right. If you go to orcacon2018.sched.org mm-hmm. or .com, .net, whatever it is, yes. then you'll actually see our schedule and process. Okay. So, um, so I've put in a couple of things. Uh, programming will be putting in. Uh, Tanya and I are talking once she's back from GamerX, and uh, and I'll be in Toronto. No, I'm going to Vancouver. I You're going to, everywhere. I'm going everywhere. I'm going to Fan Expo, and then I got to go to Pack some plug. But in between mm-hmm. there, we're going to pick the panels. We'll get the panels on the website. We'll get them there so people can sign up. The Car Wars tournament is on there, yep. so Greg's got mm-hmm. his stuff on there. Um, the D and D Adventures League is up. And Bob is plugging away, getting more and more games entered. And so you should see it start populating pretty soon. So if you hear this, you're mm-hmm. actually kind of getting a heads up. And tell us about Catan. What's going on there? We are having a Catan. So I work for Catan Studio. No. Full disclosure, in case people don't know. <laughs> and so part of the sponsorship from Catan Studio mm-hmm. is that um, not only are we going to have some nifty badges and lanyards, but we're going to have a Catan national qualifier tournament wow okay so the winner of this tournament gets a free trip to columbus ohio for origins to compete in the Catan national championship and if you win that then you get to go to germany on our dime oh wonderful now how would i let's say i wanted to get in this do i just show mm-hmm. up or do i contact you earlier or well, how does that work uh, i've got the events up there right okay. now so you can just go in there and uh, sign up for it. Uh, we're doing a preliminary round on Friday. No, no, we're just doing mm-hmm. one on Saturday. So you show up on Saturday. We'll mm-hmm. start muster at 9 a.m. So I can get everybody into the system and the seat scheduler and all that. And we'll play three rounds. And then um, the top four people, the top 16 of those 32, mm-hmm. will go into a semifinal. 
And then the top four, for, so single elimination, the top four, we'll have a final game, and then we'll have a winner on Saturday night. And uh, we've got handouts and things to give away to everybody who mm-hmm. participates and then some prizes to give away for those who hit the semifinals and above. Sounds like a blast. You can play games, so. play some Catan, maybe uh, win a trip. Yeah. Never know. That'd Never know. Really, really nice. I think, too, uh, what's wonderful is you've got a lot of great guests coming by. Yep. You've got some really interesting panels that you're kind of putting together. I don't know if you're willing to share any of them now, uh, or we can just keep that secret yeah. for now. Yeah, because we haven't decided on all that. Cool. We've got a okay. bunch of submissions, so we're going through those, and then we'll be sourcing them out mm-hmm. to our panelists right? and our special guests and guests of honor to see which ones they want to be on. And, and because there could be a panel we think is great, but nobody actually wants to be on it. So <laughs> yeah. so then we ditched okay. that. So I don't want to promise sure. anything yet, but uh, we'll we'll have okay. that up soon. And so let's just let the listeners know too that not everything. I mean, we're this is going well. We've got the con going, but there's just a slight, teeny tiny hiccup in Friday. Is there any way you just let the listeners know that uh, there's just one area oh, sure. they yeah. can't go into? But that's all going to change. That'll all be uh, fixed in the next day. Yeah. So there's two areas. One of them is where the Catan tournament is going to be in the Redmond room. Um, it's the, the it was already pre-booked before they mm-hmm. even even heard of us. And where's so the Redmond room that's, again? Um, it's down on the bottom floor. So when you walk in the right. doors and you see registration in front of you, it's to the left, and then there's right. a room there. And then there's a ballroom that if you go to registration and take a right. Um, that one is also going to be booked up for a special event, but mm-hmm. as soon as it's over, they're going to clear it, reset it, and we'll open it up to open gaming. So the, that's basically, for those listeners out there that have been to Dragonflight, it's that one of very bottom floor that Donna was just, just told you about. That's the one I think they do a lot of free play. And, um, a lot of schedule that's games. Of, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And the great news is parking is free, right? Parking is free all weekend for everyone. And also, there's another thing. I don't know if you're willing to talk about the food, the food situation. Trucks? Yes, oh, yeah, the food yeah. trucks. Okay. So we we asked them because mm-hmm. so they have a nice menu at this place, and so there you can get food that's gluten free. You can get things that are vegetarian, mm-hmm. but it's it's a little pricey. It's not as accessible, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that we want to make accessible. So we asked if we could hire food trucks since the parking lot belongs to them. What a lot of people don't know is that parking garages at a lot of hotels are actually owned by other companies. They're not actually owned by the property itself. In this Mm -hmm. case, it is, so they can do whatever they want. So we can bring in food trucks. So if you were at Dragonflight where they do the boffer LARP thingies or Mm -hmm. the boffer demos, that's where we're going to put down the... uh, So if you see some yellow or orange cones out there, don't park there. (laughs) We'll (laughs) see if we can put some signs out there and uh, let people know not to... Not to park there. A lot of volunteers that will run mm-hmm. out there. Oh, good, it's good. It's January, good. so I imagine it'll be chilly. And so uh, the other thing is, of course, OrcaCon, <laughs> its theme of diversity and everything. So this year, what is our uh, theme? Well, it's that? not a theme because a theme okay. indicates that we're just, you know, painting something across it. We're mm-hmm. doing a focus. Okay. So both of our guests of honor are both uh, indigenous creators. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we've got a couple other folks. So that's kind of our focus is trying to spotlight Native American and First Nations creators in tabletop and, and geekery. So um, we've got Renee and Jeffrey who are going to be joining us. If you go to the OrcaCon site and look at guests, mm-hmm. you can see all of our special yep. guests. 
and all of our special guests are marginalized people. It's just good that we we promote the diversity in in the community, and I think uh, a lot of people appreciate that. Well, one of the things that was important to me from feedback from uh, just talking to people on Twitter from our attendees before is that we don't want to run a bunch of panels about diversity. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're beyond 101. What I want to do is have good panels that just happen to have people of diverse people on them to talk Mm -hmm. about what they do for a living, to talk about what they do, what they love. So instead of have here's women game designers, it's game designers. It just happens to have the panel is made up of women. Right. It's not focused on women in the industry. It's focused on what they do in the industry and being able to um, do workshops and things like that. Um, You know, I mean, we'll still have the, you know, building inclusive game groups, you know, what happens Mm -hmm. when bad things happen at the table. So we'll still have that kind of, stuff because you know if you're if you're new to games and you sign up for meetup and you go to a meetup and you don't know everybody Mm -hmm. but you've got people that are sitting around going dude that's gay you know you may not feel welcome there probably not so you know if you hear somebody (laughs) so you may have some friends and Mm -hmm. they may use a racial slur between their friends Mm -hmm. you know right but that's something you do with your friends at home and just because you say you have a japanese friend as an example do you have um, a japanese friend I do. I'm All right. right next to him. Yay. <laughs> but that doesn't mean uh-huh. he would like, you would like it if I started dropping, you know, because we hear that a lot. It's sure. like, well, you know, my friend doesn't mind if I say these words. Right. right. Actually, they probably won't, you know. Yeah. Mind more than you I... think. So, uh, so that's kind of mm-hmm. my point in all of this too, so. is that we want people mm-hmm. to be able to come in and um, if they hear that language, we want to be able to go up to somebody and say, dude, that's not cool. And then, you know, mm-hmm. usually when that happens, we, we, we only have had, we haven't had any instances. There's, um, you know, in working with accessibility and making mm-hmm. it accessible for folks, um, you know, when you, have, there's a lot of different communication styles. Right. And so sometimes it's great for our volunteers, our game hosts, to be able to intervene and just, you know, kind of get two people who might be communicating poorly with each other mm-hmm. and then protect both of them. You know, as an example, if, if somebody, we've had guests before who are on the spectrum and right. may not know that they're um, standing too close to somebody because sure. they're just engaging and talking. Right. right. And so that's what our folks, they go through orientation um, and then they escalate to us, the board, for us to mm-hmm. be able to talk to people if, if we feel that somebody is being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you know, it's, it's very, it's very open and honest. And, you know, we've got a quiet room for people to go hang out. Um, we're going to put puzzles in there this year. Excellent. So we've got okay. an activity in there that's not just people reading and, you know, trying to read on their phone or whatever. So we want to offer a bunch of different ways for people to communicate and play games. And speaking of volunteers, uh, who, how can you volunteer? Can uh, you still volunteer? You, you still can. Okay, You can go great. to the website and look at the, click on the button that says volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a lot of stuff on the website. I'm very proud no, of it. No, that's great. It's a good website. It's a good website. And, uh, and then there's a, it tells you all about being a volunteer and what we're looking for in a volunteer. And then it has a form that you can fill out. And Chip will be getting back to people this month to get folks signed up. Excellent. And we could use the help. We could definitely use the Yeah, help. especially since we're not on one story. We're on three stories. Right. It's going to take more people, definitely. It's going to take more time. people. So is there anything else uh, you'd like to let the listeners know? Those are going to OrcaCon. Buy badges, please. Yes, buy badges. Because <laughs> the hotel wants their money. <laughs> yes, buy badges. So the more people who can pre-register, the good thing about pre-registering is mm-hmm. that it gives you access to the schedule so you can sign up for things first. 
That okay. is the number one reason. So if there's going to be something on the schedule, if you haven't uh, registered, then you'll just have to wait until you walk in to see if you'll be able to get in. Right. So especially for and, something and like the Car Wars tournament right. and things like that, you definitely want to get registered as soon as possible. It'll cost more, right? I mean, if you show up right there at that No, day. it'll still be 65 at the door. Okay. But, you know, and, and when you show up at the door, we'll put you in the schedule. So you'll be able to sign up for things while you're at the con. Mm-hmm. But you, there may be a lot of things full. Right. So if you, there's some games you really, really want to get in, it's good if you can sign up now. Do it now, folks. Yep. You heard her. And if folks have a problem, we will be launching the Blackfish Scholarship in December. Oh, excellent. So in case that, um, you know, again, to talk about accessibility, there's mm-hmm. folks that are not couldn't normally make it to. So we want to have like a compassionate membership that people mm-hmm. can sign up for. And speaking of Blackfish... Blackfish Stout. Yes, yes, Blackfish Stout is returning, I understand. Yep, we have talked Excellent. to, uh, so I've given a recommendation. So Sailor Sea Brewing is uh, going to brew the Blackfish Stout again and bring their IPA and maybe an amber. I'm not really sure what all mm-hmm. Jeff is going to bring down for us. And I've also reached out. We've had a problem with cider that the hotel, they don't sell a lot of it. And so they just had it in bottles. But this hotel actually serves it on tap. So I've reached out to a cidery that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, but a bunch of people requested. They sent me emails when we had uh, one of my updates. It was oh, like, okay. hey, come on out, recommend some places. So, um, so yeah, so hopefully we'll get some cider and uh, some good beer on tap for people who like that sort of thing. All right. Well, it sounds fun. I am excited to get there because I will be there, and I'll be seeing you there. And I hope, listeners, I'll see you there at OrcaCon. So thanks a lot, Donna. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This episode has been brought to you by Vern and Wells, an all-inclusive, members-only social club for geek professionals in the style of Victorian parlors of old, a space for this new breed of geek. Visit us at www.vnw.club. Vernon and Wells, Imperium and Imperio. Now to our show. Well, that was a great interview by Donna Pryor. Donna, thank you so much for allowing me to interview you. And I think you fed me too, by the way. Thank you. I just kind of showed up their house and said, Hey, Donna, would you like to have an interview? Hey, Donna, where's supper? She's like, Make your own supper. Exactly. And you're like, Exactly. And then, of course, she was like, Just kidding. I probably made something because she's super sweet like that. She is. She is. Thank you that she's running this, uh, running the con because I think it would be a disaster if any of us did it. I couldn't keep track with everything. No. I have trouble keeping track of my own section sometimes. So, speaking of the con coming up, it's just around the corner. It's a little over a month and a half away. So, what are you thinking about doing? Um, well, my hope is to... You mean for the con? Yeah. My hope is to get hotel rooms there mm-hmm. um, for my wife and I. And even yeah. though she she's, she's not as heavy of a gamer as I am, like she might get a game or two in uh, in the day and then just be done, um, where I could game all day. So our... Um, our endurance levels are a little different with that mm-hmm. um, you know plus she, her main thing with gaming is just people like she wants to be able to talk to people and all that and for me I could literally sit there at a quiet table and just play a game for the sake of the game sometimes so I'm wanting to do that and mm-hmm. just I'm honestly I'm really excited about the, all the opportunities we have in this new space and to really see mm-hmm. just what ideas we get and how to make that grow it's going to be challenging for me um, in accessibility to make sure that you know everything is 
that gives us a whole new building for me. So, is there any uh, games you'd be interested in playing right then? Um, you know, you know, some games I'm really interested in playing, and these may not be ones that are necessarily um, being hosted. But I've not played any of the longer Arkham games. I've had Arkham Horror for a couple mm-hmm. years. My brother gave it to me, but it's like a four-hour, three to four-hour game, and I just I've been wanting to get to that ta- to the table, and I just haven't. Same thing with Eldritch Horror, um, because I've loved Elder Sign and I've loved Mansions of Madness Second Edition. So what do you what do, what do you think this new? We, we have it unscheduled. I'm looking at it right now. It's Saturday, January thirteenth, eleven a.m. Edible Games. What do you think? I mean, it's the actual thing, edible games. Edible games are games where you can eat the pieces. Of course, that makes sense because it's edible games. We actually have it. I, it's, I, don't, I don't know how far I'd get through a game because they'd be like, Joe, where's your piece? And I'd be like, I ate it. Right. And, and they'd be like, you weren't supposed to eat it yet. And I'm like, oh, And I'm where sorry. is it on the four food groups or the food pyramid? Is it the bottom of the food pyramid? I don't know. We don't have to eat it off people because that can get really awkward. I it mean, would be a little awkward. I mean, honestly, that's a good way to build some quick rapport, but... It's just very weird. I, I, I guess I'll have to check it out. So how do you play a game that you're eating? Uh, that might be fun to live to, to kind of live do that one and right. kind of record that. And and how do you determine the loser or the winner? Is it if you eat all of it faster than anyone else? I, I don't get it. I but it sounds very interesting. I feel like if you vomit, you lose. I think everyone loses if you vomit. Yeah, no, that's fair. kind of gross. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Well. Listeners, I think that's all we have. Uh, Joe, do you have anything else? Uh, um, I don't. No. Just remember with just remember that OrcaCon again. Mm-hmm. That is going to be in January on January twelfth through the fourteenth. So that is three days, and that's in Bellevue, not Everett, but Bellevue at the Hilton Bellevue. Mm-hmm. Our tickets are still on sale. We we do expect to have, I'd say, a higher higher count than we did last year. Um, last year we had a thousand people, which was great for a second year con, mm-hmm. and it's looking like it's going up. So listeners, spread the word, tell your friends, um, uh, tweet our stuff out, you know, share it on Facebook. Because the more people we get, the more we can grow our community of gaming. And don't forget, if you want to find more about OrgaCon, visit the website at orgacon.org. And with that, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. Millennials being silly. See, I was actually trying to like get resources and things, and you were just like, I'm going to put this bunny over here. And then I don't care. I'm going to put this bunny over here. Anyway, this is on the recording. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, let's not talk about it. Yeah, Steve, Steve is going to hear this and be like, why are they talking about this?